Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. And there are some new stats in with regard to cancer rates in Canada. Don't turn off your radio, okay? We've got to talk this through. I'm one of the only, well, I am the only female ambassador for prostate cancer in Canada because I have a couple of family members who are alive today because of early detection and versus out here in the West. Yeah, yeah, we see we see trends like that in terms of diagnosis and, and, and deaths across the country uh, that that we've seen. Yeah, but the you know, the West is always sort of uh, um, uh, the the healthier spot in the country. Is that because of lifestyle? Is it because we live outside more or are more aware on certain levels in terms of health and fitness? Yeah, and there's I mean there's been lower smoking rates in the West and things like that. Yeah, right. So that's the number one thing that everybody needs to know. Obviously, not to do. But there are other pieces of this puzzle that might surprise some uh, in terms of the connection between uh, alcohol use and cancer rates. Yeah, so that's that's something that we've we've been talking about for a while is that cancer uh, alcohol is a known carcinogen for cancer and it affects different cancers differently but it's one of the the things that you can do as a Canadian is is not drink or or you know re- reduce your drinking. And most people just assume that that would be directly associated with liver cancer but that's not the case. No, it, it, it affects a whole range of cancers, things like breast cancer as well, and, and colorectal cancer, things like that have an impact from alcohol. It doesn't, um, the risk factors sort of uh, vary across cancers, but alcohol is one of those ones that is common to several cancers. We're with Sean Cheery, who's the Senior Manager of Analysis for the Canadian Cancer Society. And going through some of these numbers, you mentioned lung cancer is number one, still leading cause of death, um, accounting for 25% of all cancer deaths, but that's followed by colorectal, pancreatic, and breast cancers. Now, colon cancer and breast cancer, certainly uh, early detection is a huge key with these with regard to uh, colonoscopies, ma- mammograms, and with prostate cancer, with just getting that, is it the PS- PSA test? The PSA test. And, and the, the organized screening programs that we have in Canada are cervical, uh, colorectal, and breast. And so getting a, you know, a, a mammogram, a regular mammogram for women. And for uh, for for colorectal, it's actually a a stool test. Uh, it's uh, depending on the province you're in. It's either FIT or FOBT test. So you don't go right to a colonoscopy. You do the stool test first, and then they would order a colonoscopy for those that have uh, results where they had they have concerns. But you don't have to get that colonoscopy. The 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 stool test is the thing that it's a simple stool test. So it is so much, easy. Much, much less invasive. That and I've had both because my mom is a colon a two time colon cancer survivor actually. And so we we go through the process and I was put in line first to do the stool test before doing my first colonoscopy. And I thought to myself, are you kidding? I, I don't want to do this test. And then I did it. It was nothing. It was zero. It was the least invasive of tests, like easier than a blood blood test to take care of. And then you get the intel and information and peace of mind that comes with it. Same with the mammogram. We, we get complex, Sean. I don't know if you can 
clarify uh, the mis-messages on getting a mammogram to mammogram or not to mammogram? What is the final say on that? I mean, it's 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 recommended. I think you know there are some potential limitations to the to mammography, but it is the gold standard best test that we have currently in the country, and it's something you know you make an informed decision on any screening um, with your healthcare provider. Right. But it's something where we're finding it early. And breast cancer really is an example of where we've seen great success. So the death can- the the breast cancer death rates have been cut in half. Uh, almost 49% since it peaked in the mid-1980s, and this is mostly due to improvements both in screening and treatment. So if you're able to catch a cancer early, there's better treatment options and and better options for for your outcomes. I think that number right there, when you say it's cut in half, people need to listen to that because it is scary to go get checked. I'm telling you, mammograms don't hurt. Uh, the toughest part is walking in because you're fearful of, of a possible positive. And, and there's no greater feeling than walking out with a negative. And if you do walk out with, with a positive test that needs a biopsy and you're moving forward, at least you're in the best hands in, in a country that's, that's taking care of, of such things. And, and early detection, as you said, is so key. Prostate cancer is a simple blood test now? Yes, yeah, the PSA test. Yeah. And, but people think it's more invasive than that, so I just had to state yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I mean, and it's still like it's the combination of the digital rectal exam that your healthcare provider would do and then the blood test for a PSA test. Which is far, far easier to go through than invasive surgery when you ignore the symptoms of prostate uh, issues, I will say, and I'm qualified to do so because my dad told me to tell everybody far and wide because he was ignoring the symptoms for a long, long time and ended up having to go through some very scary stuff, but he's fine. He's cancer-free today, as is my mom. So I'm bringing it back to the personal stories because I think that's the the key behind your numbers here, Sean, today is, is just about every single person listening right now can tell a tale of somebody who's been through some sort of cancer diagnosis or has loved and cared for and supported somebody who's gone through one. So it's, it's important to be aware. Yeah, and that, you know, that one in two Canadians experiencing cancer in their lifetime, you know, it, it, very few Canadians probably don't know a person that hasn't experienced cancer or haven't experienced it themselves. So, how, Just before I let you go, how, how tied to these numbers is the fact that we do have an aging population, the silver tsunami, we're living longer, and perhaps, I mean, the numbers of, of men diagnosed with prostate cancer and yet least likely to, to die of prostate cancer are increasing too, right? Yeah, so what we're seeing is the actual number of cases is going up, but the rate itself is declining right. uh, when you when you standardize it for the population. But those number of cases, it's particularly tied to having an aging population and then the population growth we're experiencing as a country. Those are the two uh, main drivers that we're seeing. And we know that, you know, the projections remind us that more work needs to be done to reduce the, you know, the number of people being diagnosed with cancer but we're seeing people survive uh, and there's increases in survival. Incredibly good news to end on there. So thanks for this, Sean. Thank you very much, Jody. Have a good day. You too. That's Sean Sheary, the Senior Manager of Analysis for the Canadian Cancer Society.